team, family, squadron, we're back again, and I cannot wait for the episode that we have in store. We've got one of the most decorated resumes in door-to-door. We've got one of our most electric guests, one of our most inflammatory guests, one of my favorite guests. You know him, you love him. I cannot wait to dive into it. We've got Cody Olive on today, but for all you guys listening, welcome to yet another episode of The Landing Pad. Easton, this is Garth. Do you copy? Where's the captain? Prepare for land. Are we supposed to be landing? Ladies and gentlemen, man. So we just got some new toys, right? We just got some new toys for the... Well, first of all, I forgot. Cody, so good to have you here, thank dude. Thank you, thank you, thank Three-time you. Golden Door, the most distinguished guest we've had on the pod. And yeah. it feels so right. It feels like we're home. It does. And for Cody, to prepare for Cody, obviously, we got this whole new setup with the with, with everything. I mean, the audio, the, 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 the visual. We got some shoes that have been placed in resin. How many accounts were sold on those, Cody? Uh, 3,497 in one pair of shoes. Yes, sir. And those you can find, look on the Instagram. It's absolutely insane. Our creative team, Jake, Mark, Josh, put these shoes in some sick resin. Check it out. It crushed is, it yet again. Uh, yes. Again, but dude, Cody, again, we are so excited to have you on. I know last year, I mean, you ruffled feathers, you talked some talk and checks were cashed. Yes. So, Hey, we are so excited to have you back on, especially right now. Uh, before we get into it, we're going to fly. And I mean, when I say fly, we're going to fly through some grit news. Okay? We've got a lot to cover. Here we go. Uh, again, one more time. Charity trip. We actually raised $273,000 in one day last year. Wow. So uh, last week, I was off by about ten grand. $273,000. We're going to, right? Uh, actually, it's, shoot, it's Ver- not Chiapas. Veracruz. Veracruz, uh, Mexico. 18th to the 24th of February. It's coming up. It's going to be rad. Casino Royale this Thursday. Grit Girls event going to be lit. Going to oh, and our money is not going to the Ninos. OUR actually another different charity. Oh, I love charity. that. It's great. I you, love that. If you don't know OUR, get to know them. One of the best, best foundations that has ever been created. So come with some money to spend. Last night though, Jackson Curtis trained on pricing. Holy cow! Really raw. Really, really raw. That sounded like a young charismatic raw old school ben egan up there dude what, I, it was what, one of the best trainings we've ever had on tuesday night it was just all, all the things were just things that like were so so spot on yep. if you were there please apply if you weren't there watch it ask him that training was dynamic so and electric good. yep so good please rookie of the year listen to that next week uh cody all his favorite zach seeger mm. On closing in contracts, which, like I said, we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, he's training on closing con- contracts. Ended number three on this on the year, $793,000 in rev, 400 as a rookie, 1000 as a second year. If you're not at that training or watching it on Zoom, you're an idiot. If you are not at the Tuesday trainings, period, you've got to get there. And make an effort to be there in person. The Zoom's fine. You miss out so much, though, on like on so many different things if you're not there in person. Agreed. Right, it's crazy. So that's it for grit news. This is uh, this is our second week in a row. This is potentially the most important week of this segment of the entire season, of the entire year, the entire year rather. Yeah, 
We've got the Super Bowl coming up here in a couple of days, so you know what time it is. It's time for the lock of the week. The big one that I want to touch on is obviously we've got tons of props. I touched on what I liked last week. I still like the Rams money line. Uh, the spread is spooky, staying so far from it. If anything, I'd probably lean Bengals on the spread, but I just don't think that Joey Brrr and Jamar have what it takes to mm-hmm. uh, to get the Rams on the money line. Nope. So I like Rams money line, parlayed with Cooper Cup. Anytime touchdown, that is my official lock. But I've got some props here. We're going to have some fun right now. As in, hey, prop- Cody, please weigh in, dude, if you're yes. feeling it. All right. As in, I prop will. lock and drop it. Uh huh. There's a couple where I, li- I really like the odds. Now, this is definitely not financial advice. This is <laughs> this is Sprinkletown USA, and it still is te- technically free money for but, sure. But it's not. Well, I mean, always. it's not financial advice, though. Of course. Uh, what I like, my favorite value prop of the week. I love, I love Aaron Donald for Super Bowl MVP at plus fifteen hundred. I think he's, in my opinion, without the quarterback bias, he's the best football player in the world. He's yeah. like hardly human. No. Yes. So I lo- I love for him to have a dominating game against a Swiss cheese Bengals O line. Aaron mm-hmm. Donald's gonna have I think he's gonna have three, four sacks, forced yeah. fumble, maybe a strip sack. Who knows? So I love him at plus fifteen hundred for Super Bowl MVP. I also love Tails on the coin toss. <laughs> now, Garth, you took Tails last year. And I me me and Ben Egan took Tails, didn't cash. Yeah, yeah. I lost every bet in the Super Bowl last year, so I think I'm going to win them all this year. Yeah, we're going to re-rack, uh-huh. and we're going to run that thing right back. Yep. I think we martingale, and we just hunker down, and if we miss this year, guess where we're going next year? Tails, Tails again. <laughs> and we're just going to keep running it back. Hey, you only you only lose if you quit. Exactly. You only lose if you quit. And you only don't hit red when you're not betting on red. 100%. I don't know if that 100%. Makes <laughs> you only sell the people that are going to buy. Exactly. It's, it's, it's end of story. Done. The one that I love is I love the the Gatorade bet. Mm-hmm. Now, Garth has a little bit of history here I on, do. on the Gatorade bet. So the winning Super Bowl coach has been doused in orange Gatorade, a record of five times since it became an annual tradition at Super Bowl 35 in 2001. Mm-hmm. 21 years. Blue is the next color, at, uh, line at 400, plus 400, and it has won out two of the last three years. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I like the Rams. I think Sean McVay is getting a bath. Mm-hmm. With the colors, with the kind of guys on their team, I don't think they're orange Gatorade guys. No, I don't know anybody that really is an orange Gatorade guy. I think it's yellow, just with that traditional blue and yellow ram color. Okay. If I were to put some some cheddar on it, I'd put yellow McVeigh's taking a yellow Gatorade bath. Okay, a yellow Gatorade bath. I don't, I don't even know the odds of that one. Those guys are max. That's maximum hydration. That's cash. I don't. I don't care what anyone says. Yellow is maximum hydration, <laughs> electrolytes, and nourishment. It's not close. But it's not even. It's not even an argument. No. But I think the kind of, like, I just can't see, like, the Jalen Ramseys, the Odells. I can't see those guys, like, really being all into that. Mm-hmm. I think they're just flavor guys. They are. And I think it's glacier ice all the way through. So I think it's, <laughs> or whatever, it's called Arctic Blitz. Arctic, Arctic Blitz. Blitz. <laughs> Arctic <laughs> Blitz. <laughs> I think it's Arctic Blitz all the way through. So you're doing uh, the dark blue. Plus 400 yeah. for blue is, I think it's a value bet. You got to be all over it. That might be the lock of the week, actually. Yeah, I'm feeling really good about it. At plus 400, that's some, that's some juicy odds. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes great. sense. The other one I feel great about is I love the national anthem uh, going over one minute and 37 seconds. It's gone over the last 11 years. Now, don't be dissuaded by this. It's at minus 110. Don't be dissuaded by this because the person singing the national anthem, her name is Mickey Guyton. Another nickname is Quickie Guyton. She is infamous for singing quick national anthems, and they did that to discourage people from betting the over. That's just what they want you to think. 
bet the over on this one. <laughs> Roll with the house. Don't try to fade them. When it's hot, it's hot. Yes. Take the over. Yes. It's it's their stage. Everyone wants to be on that stage as long as they can. Even Mrs. Quickie. It's their moment. It's their moment. The entire world is watching. Take your time. Yeah, it's going over in minute 37. I got news. Beautiful. Uh, last two that we really like. Uh, I like, I think the value in this is great. And I love a sprinkle here. It's either <laughs> team to win by three points at plus 400. I think either Evan McPherson's going to come on or our guy Matt Gay's going to come on, boot a game winner. Yep. That means the spread wouldn't cover either way. So I love each team to win by a field goal. Maybe cover your assets a little bit. Uh, I love this bet at plus 400. Mm-hmm. It's a prop on Barstool Sports. Make sure you get it at plus 400. I love it. I love it. I love it. Last prop that I like, this is probably a little bit safer, a little bit more traditional. Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup to combine for over 199 receiving yards. Yep. In my opinion, these are two of the top four receivers in the league. Yes. I don't think any corners can cover them. I think these guys have to have big games, respectively, for either of their teams to have a chance. I agree. So I think over 200 for these guys combined. I, I love it, and I think it's a safe bet. Cup will get 130. Jamar will get 70 at least like that. That's a lock. Yeah. And I mean, hell, it could be vice versa. I mean, these guys yeah, are un- unbelievable. True. That is. Very so true. Th- is those safe. are my I love that. Those are my hot takes. Those are my locks of the week. I hope you guys can tune in. Hope you guys can see some massive returns for what Uncle Bunk has to offer. And, on and hopefully you can see the, the two hosts on TV at the Super Bowl this Sunday. We're going to be there. Hey, now. We're going to be there. Leading from the front. Hey, now. <laughs> exactly. Whoa, now. <laughs> so stupid. Giddy up. All right, perfect. Now let's get, all right, we've had our fun. It's time to ruffle some feathers, time to break some hearts. All right, I think that's what, like I said, that's what the sergeant does best. We need, and this is a, we want to we want great speed through these top 10. We don't need uh, the fluff around it. We want your top 10. If there's some reactions, we're going to react. But we want you to, fly through these top 10 and then maybe we hit some of the whys okay ready we are ready starting at 10 Bu- hey buckle up here's yeah, my 10 um number one is me number two is no no, no 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 10 on oh 10 on. 10 on so 10 i honestly i think it could be one of five people okay. i think it could be my guy brendan danes jackson yeah. um jackson curtis roger luke or hunter but what I have in for the solid 10 is Kevin, my guy, Kevin Glenn, the bishop, yep. McKay, the, the bishop, <laughs> Parker, Brock, Alec, Siegs, Calvin, Skyler, Drew, and then me. Hmm. I love it. That's, uh, there's not a ton of unfamiliar faces in there. We've got, we've got Kev Dog well, make, making that. a splash in the top 10. Which he did over 500 last summer. We've got, yeah, Jay Kurt's going to be right around the 10 spot. A lot of people have had him had him right around the top 10. I'm trying to think. The, I mean, the big charge, obviously, at the top. I yeah. love when people come in here with the confidence and the self-belief to put themselves at one. Yeah. I literally love it. Some people, I believe, some people, I think they're doing it just to do it. If there's one guy that believes he's going to do it, it's Cody Olive. He's been there, done that. He's been to the mountaintop. Yes. He's been to the mountaintop. He's seen the top. He's seen the view from the top. And, and it's he, a beautiful view. And it's revenge season. He's clawing his way back. <laughs> I, I miss it. So it's uh, it's game time. And uh, when we dive deeper into it, it'll make sense. Yep, yep, yep. I All love right. it. Top three sophomores. So I got my guy Roger, Roger Strom, Luke Laufenberg, and then Jackson Curtis. In that Jackson Curtis one other way around. Oh, so then Jackson Curtis, Luke, and then my guy Raj. Raj at number one. Raj, man. Yep. Now that's a guy. Yeah, and to be honest, this the the sophomores. This is what really, really. It's just like we talked right about Seager. If you haven't listened to Seager's podcast, go do it. This was the section that got Seager fired up. It's like, and, and 
and obviously I know that people, some people get pissed. Yeah. Right. Listening to this, you shouldn't, right? Like you really shouldn't. If your name's not on here, dude, it means that, you know, maybe you don't have that connection, that relationship with the person that's, you know, on the mic here, but it's like, use it as fuel. I know Seager did. I know Cody does. I know that everybody that lets it fuel them, dude, it only helps fuel the fire, but I love that. So you think Jay Kurtz number three? I just think because there at the end, Luke kind of figured it out. And then yeah. especially Roger had a slow start when we were in Houston and that first month in April. And those three especially got tight during the Cancun trip. Yeah. So I just think it's just going to be a bloodbath. And Roger is like 150% in now. And then me, him, and Hunter are really good friends. And we want to be the best to ever do it from stats to our teams to the business, then their future wealth. So we're isn't, excited. Isn't it crazy? The more you get to know the people on a more personal level, like – for some reason, right, you just feel like you can do it. Just the more you believe. It is. You just believe. It just seems doable. It seems possible. Yes, from the outside looking in, like, you see Cody on the stats. You see his Instagram. You, then you meet him, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, he's a normal guy. Actually, Cody, no. Like, when you get to know Cody, you're like, no, that makes sense. But everybody else, right? <laughs> like, I don't get it. No, it just becomes way more, like, more real. It's yeah. not just like, wow, that's just, like, some guy I see with the sick edits. Like, it's just a real person. Mm-hmm. So, it is crazy. I love these. I love it. met each other on Cancun. So we've got some prop bets. Yes. And it's just over under. We're flying through these. We've got our guy. We, we love him. And I know everyone here loves him a ton. Bo King. We've got his over-under set at 500 accounts. You got the over, you got the under. I got the over. I'm hard on the over as well. What did he do last year? He did 350. 350? Yep, over. I yeah. take the over on him. I, I think I'm on does. the over there. I'm on the big belief train on Bo. That is my guy. I yep. think. However, I think he's going to have his hands full being number one in his office. One with his sweet wife, who is a absolute warrior. And two with my guy Mace Dog Crawford, I think is going to have OKC one of the biggest uh, biggest improvement years in the whole company. Mark my words. I think if he wasn't running a team this year, I'd take the under. But I think like him being the guy who's the thing that's going like, to push him over. I think same thing. They uh, they take some drops in Verdansk, uh, Bo <laughs> King and Mace Dog. So I think that competitiveness too will push Bo. And honestly, Bo and Cass, like uh, my wife is best friends with Cass, and I love Bo with all my heart. So. I think Bo and Cass, they they want to be the top. Bo's tired of being yep. number two to his wife, too. And then <laughs> yeah. also being competitive with Mace. Bo, like, I slam, slam, slam the over. Love that. All I right. love it. Yeah, you, you t- uh, I'll take this one. All right. This one, we had to. We, <laughs> we had to. <laughs> oh, no. All right. We've got Seeger, right? Came out, proved you wrong. Yes. This year. Everybody proved everything. Yeah, yeah let's get real. A million dollars in revenue for Seeger. That's his goal. A million dollars in rev, over under. Seeks. First of all, shout out. You're welcome for last year. (laughs) Second of all, I smashed the over too. You're the most dedicated, disciplined individual I've ever met. So I think you do it, and I think with Drew and I, you should do a double golden door. So I challenge you here to 1.3. Oh, the gauntlet's been thrown in a different way. Oh, it's the belief side of things now. Now it's like if you don't do that, like you're you. What Seeks. What a thing to turn your doubters into. Ble- he made a believer out of me. Yeah, I yes. was on the doubt train. I, I, I was always on the Seeger train. I always, always felt that in my always. heart. Yeah, yeah. You did. You I have. Did. I did. Check check the tapes. You I'm on Seeger check train. Check the receipts. A million's a lot, though. A million is a ton, and it's a lot more than a thousand. It's a lot more than a thousand. Yes. But yeah, I'd probably, I mean, you know, that dude's psycho, so I'd take the over. All right. Which, next, next, we have another one of the guys absolutely blew up this summer. We've had him on the pod, tough as nails. We've got Brock Grieve. His over-under is also set at a mil. Under. It's a lot. 
A mil is a lot. Yes. He did right around 700 last year. And so, yeah, you'd have to do 30% more. Make that a Sieg's moment. Brock, no. I mean, also Brock, one of my favorite people, too. But I kind of experienced that this summer in Milwaukee, and he's going to have a big team down in Chicago. So then navigating that and selling it, it's not an excuse, but it definitely is a learning curve, just Factor. like when you're a rookie learning how to sell. And doing a million is a lot. I mean, back in the bundle days when we did a million, like that was a lot. So like this summer or like this off season, now I'm doing a lot to prepare to do a mill and just general pest. So learning from Drew, learning from the guys, and we'll get the water at the end of the row. Perfect. Uh, last up, we have an OG here. He saw the trenches of 2020 right there alongside with us. We've got our guy McKay, all day Roberts, new father, lot to prove. One of the most talented salesmen we have here at the Great. I don't. I don't even think it's close. We've got McCade's over under, and maybe this is a disrespectful number from the book, but this is what we've got him at. We didn't make the book. <laughs> it's just what the odds <laughs> make. Yeah, it's yeah, literally no. we just say what we're told. Exactly. We've got McCade's over under set at seven hundred fifty thousand. You got the over. You got the under. Easy over. He did six hundred k last year. Over. Yeah. Over. I'm so big on the McKay belief train. It's actually crazy. So yeah. it's like I can't. I can't be just a hater. I can't be Max Kellerman here and just yeah. take the opposite. I like I have to agree and take the over. Yeah, it's kind of a boring one, dude. Like all these guys are such dogs. It's like, yeah, we'll probably I'll do the over. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> yes. Time will tell. All right. Uh, th- hey, those are our hot takes. Love that you guys. Hey, take it for what it's worth. Next up, quick uh, shout out from a sponsor. The other day we had some delicious, delicious sugar cookies out there on one of the tables. I don't know if you partook. I partook a couple times. Oh, yeah. They went straight to my hips. <laughs> they were delicious. Moment on the uh, lips. Made, on the hips. <laughs> <laughs> made by Moe's Cookies. I know this is the girlfriend of Zach Kinzel. They were delicious. If you need them, they were like, they're super cute sugar cookies. I'm sure she does them for all occasions. Baby showers, birthdays, whatever. Bar mitzvahs. Bar mitzvahs. Uh, yeah. I mean, every... <laughs> Every, everything. everything. Yeah, Kwanzaa. follow her. Kwanzaa. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, actually. Yeah. Um, follow her. Shoot her a DM. Made by Mo's Cookies. Delicious. Super, super cute. All right. Let's get into the good stuff. Launching right into it. Cody, Just it's, it's really helpful for the people to hear, even though I'm sure just about everyone already knows who you are, but for the people who don't, walk us through your journey into, go- into door-to-door. Uh, kind of take us through your summers, what they've been, results, um, team size, so on and so forth. Just kind of give us a little bit of background um, on more specifically your transition from your previous career path to door-to-door and then kind of fly through your, your door-to-door career. So long story short, um, BYU, Provo, um, the whole way, big internship guy. You could call me CEO of the internships. Did all the things, trying to make the best resume possible. Um, shout out suits. If you know who Harvey Specter is, that's mm-hmm. who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Pinstripe suit, nice car, corporate job, high rise. Um, so when I graduated from BYU, put a pause on law school, took a job at Goldman Sachs. So I worked in investment banking for about two years. Served my LDS mission when I was 24. Got back 2019 was recruited by the infamous Joshua Nielsen, one of my brothers. Love him, Wills, and Jack. Hope you're doing well out there, Elder Nielsen. <laughs> and then my first full summer was 2019. I My first three months, I got rocked. Um, there was one week in June, I only sold seven. So a lot of people forget about that or don't know about that. But then, you know, thank goodness for Calvin Escobedo and Ben Egan. We trained, we trained, we trained, and then ended up finishing that summer with 1,003 accounts, cool. and I finished number four behind Landon, John, and McKay, respectively. Mm-hmm. Second full summer, I knew I wanted to be the best, and back then it was Josh Zuniga. He did 850000 in revenue. 
And so going out that whole summer, it was number one, number one, number one. So May was super hot. We were in the trenches of good old Crown Point and Valparaiso, <laughs> the sweet nectar of northern Indiana. What a blessed land. And did came out to a hot start. Um, a lot of people forget about this too, but it was Smoke and Drew, even though we had Mondays off for four Mondays in a row. And then he caught up, and then we kind of went back and forth. And then I finished number one, broke the all-time industry record at 1,728 accounts, a million and 70,000 in revenue, won my second consecutive Golden Door. And then this last summer was Milwaukee. Um, we had about 14 people finish the summer and then won another Golden Door and did about 560000 in revenue. So then we'll go for summer number four, want to do a double Golden Door. So whatever that takes to get the $1.3 million. That'll do. That's just a lot. It's just, no, it's just a I lot. Mean, it's just a lot to compute. Like we might, uh, Jake, if you don't mind putting that in like, you know how you can speed Let me up. put away my tax calculator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to like slow that one down. So first summer, first full summer, thousand. Second summer, 1,500. 1,700. 1,700 over a million rev. This last year, 550K in rev over 750. It's just a lot, right? And it's like, you don't realize you are the only person to ever have done three golden doors Back to back to back. In and the past, yeah. It, Not that I know of, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right? And and something that is crazy, right? Three golden doors back to back to back. It's such a different mindset change, right? Like this year, I feel like you have really, really not only stepped in the role of being an elite sales salesman, right? Because you are. But now you've almost had to, because you can't just be a salesman your entire life. Right. You can be, but it's not a life that anybody really wants to live. So you've almost had, and it's been fun to see, your mindset switch from, sales rep to write more like partner, more manager, more, you know, not thinking so much about, okay, my sales, I need to do this. I need to do this. Right. How has your mentality and outlook on just sales in itself changed over the last year or so? I would just say it's more when done right. This is such a great opportunity where seeing my whole life, I have more old school parents where it's the classic eight to five. Neither of my parents are college grads either, but it was just eight to five and grind, work, grind. Whereas after three full summers of doing this now and just seeing the freedom we have and the opportunity we have, or, you know, this last, this off season, we've had four engagements or about to be four engagements. Shout out Bailey Minnick, Sean Kelly, Brendan Danes, and then, you know, we'll leave the other one anonymous, but it's right around the corner here. And what makes, you know, give me all the warm and fuzzies is seeing them not have to stress about money and then focus on their relationship or not have to stress about funds and focus on their schooling or not have to stress about, you know, how are we going to make ends meet to go back for Thanksgiving or Christmas and see our families and then just enjoy those trips back. And that's what I think is really neat. And then especially as the grit evolves more, um, we've partnered with a lot of experts, whether it's the grit real estate fund or it's the venture capital group, or it's, you know, a lot of us are involved in crypto and getting involved with experts there too. So that way it's almost like, I want to get it. So dial where it's just like, give me three, four years, three, four years, summers of your life and we'll make you a millionaire. And then that way they can experience true freedom, true happiness. Because it's not about money or like the obsession of money. That's when it becomes a problem. For sure. But what money gives you is time and freedom and power. And seeing that myself, I mean, I like still have these scars on my elbows from when I was at BYU and I donate plasma. So that way I had extra <laughs> money to go on dates or, you know, get groceries or go eat at Cubbies and stuff like that. So it's just like if I had this when I was at BYU, I would have jumped all over this. 
And that's probably right. That's that's been your transfer. Like that's when you've transferred from the Goldman, the lawyer that to you doing it. You're like, oh, he probably gives me the the freedom to do what I want. But it is true, right? The minute you realize, like, holy crap, why am I not sharing this with others? That's when you almost have the mentality switch, right? Would you say what is it for you that switched from the internship, super white collar way of doing things to do this full time? What was it for you? I'd say, I mean, you know how I work. I work in threes. I'd say it's one. Just the people that I interacted with on the doors, all the people that had the most freedom were their own bosses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the corporate employees or the eight to fives or the EYs or the Deloitte's or the Goldman's. It was people that were their own bosses. And then two, um, coming back from the Chicago summer and then be able to participate in a couple of those real estate investments we did with Jason Harris. And then three, you know, seeing Brendan move into a house or seeing Hunter get his dream car or seeing Raj be able to just not have to worry about cash and prove to his parents that he could do it. Like then it's just like, okay, we we can make hundreds and hundreds of these every year. So why not just full gas it and just see what can come from it? I love it. And At at the end of the day, it, it sounds like there's just been a fundamental switch from what can I get out of this to what can I give from doing mm-hmm. this? Yep which is always the sign of like an excellent leader and a great manager. It's not, what can I take? It's always what, what can I give? This is, this is a question that it's, it's funny to even ask it, but because of the way that your first full summer went in Philly and then your last week sold, you know, 90 or a hundred or whatever it was. Right. And then your second summer coming out and selling, you know, 1728 accounts and breaking the all time record the expectation last year was just, it was astronomical. Right. Maybe it was fair. Maybe it wasn't who, who like, who knows, but the expectation was, was nuts. You know, whatever it was, whether you thought it was 2000 accounts or people thought it was 2000 accounts or, you know, 1.6 million or whatever it was like, it was astronomical, these expectations. And so I know for you and for what people expected, you had, you know, quote unquote, an off year where, I mean, you only got a golden door. <laughs> yeah. You had an only off year and, and, only, and only did 750 accounts and got right. a golden door. And so my, the question is, I mean, how is, how is Cody Olive going to respond to what many consider an off year going into 2022? Yeah, I think too, especially here in the door-to-door space and even here at The Grit, I'm going to use the vo- the V word with you guys being vulnerable. Um, I wasn't as determined where it was like, my first full summer, like I literally remember sitting in my apartment in good old DeKalb looking up at when we had those poster boards where you would like check off your amount of sales. Yeah, up to 250 Yeah, and I had taped like four of them together and I had like <laughs> checked off where 850 was because if I sold 850 that was enough to pay for my law school in cash. So I was obsessed with it. And I remember like, and especially for your rookies, don't take it for granted, but you don't know what it's like to sit in the middle of your apartment and just look up at that thing and just be like, I'm never going to get there. Like, how am I going to get there? Like, I feel so defeated and, you know, being pretty raw with you guys, like a couple of tears came to my, like, crap, I'm going to be knocking until November, December, but with sheer grit and will did it or in Chicago, like a lot of it's so expected, but it's just like Easton had to really step up. We all had to step up or we had to go to Chicago and then back to Northern Indiana or we got kicked out by the Indiana state chemist, but it was just like, <laughs> we, we wanted it and we had that determination. Whereas this last summer, I think I almost kind of took it for granted or I kind of, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been where that first summer it was so much role play and skill. And then that second summer was so much mastering my craft and just being obsessed with it. Whereas I knew I was going to do a golden door and I knew I was going to get it, but 
I kind of just let Drew take it and run with it. And that was just so unlike me, but door to door is hard. Whereas this summer I did a SWOT analysis and I looked at it. Okay. Like I need to get mentally stronger. So on Monday I hired a boxing coach in the last three mornings I've boxed. So then that way my heart and my mind is so much stronger. And this morning when I was running, I just felt so determined and I felt that just that Sarge back. And then my second time, hell, the, the, hell second, yeah. <laughs> the second thing is, I've never, like, kind of like Ben, I've never read any of those sales books, like Full Transparency. People always slide up and ask, what books are you reading? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never read a single one, but I'm obsessed with Michael Jordan, so I read Tim Grover's Winning, and he just talks about how Kobe and Michael would get up at 3 in the morning or 4 in the morning, and this last summer, I was just, I just wasn't as hard as I should have been, so it was just like, I'm channeling that I want to be... MJ, I want to leave a lasting legacy where it's summer four, five, and six. It's not only in Golden Door, but it's dominating too, because there was still a 200,000 gap between Drew and number two this last summer, where it's just like he wants the challenge and I want the challenge, and we have this camaraderie going this year. And it's just like, I just want to see what we can push it to and truly dominate. So that way, at the end of the day, it's, it's solar or the grit, but you'd be silly not to go with us. Yeah, and that's. It is crazy, right? And you <clears throat> teed that up. It's like, dude, yeah, you had an off year and you did a you did a golden door. Would you say this year, you're reading? Is there anything else that you think as soon as you get out there, you're going to be doing over the summer? Any adjustments you're going to be making while you're out there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I think for me, figuring out myself, it's more that physical and mental health. So I think just reading a lot, especially books that will help me get better. And then I really like my whole life, it's gym or baseball, but I think trying something new like that to like truly exert your mind and get it stronger. So I think like they have a lot of those like legends or nine round classes. So I think I want to do that out there. But then now, you know, Kevin and I have grown this to 71 people. So it's just like there's more oomph behind it now. And there's like Caden and Brandon and all those guys from Mapleton. And they see my poster up there with, you know, 1,728. So it's just like, I got to do that for them and I got to remind them and just be like, help them believe it because yesterday was my birthday and I got a ton of texts that were like, you've really inspired me. And I just felt like last year I let a lot of people down. So there's just more oomph behind it again this summer. I love that. Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> Jerem last week, Cody this week. We're on fire. <laughs> we got a birthday next week. <laughs> you're, we'll give you're you on the call. pad. So then everyone talks, right? We've had so many times people are like, dude, uh, don't ride the highs too high. Don't ride the lows too low. But realistically, we've never really got a good answer. And, dude, having been one of the best, having been the best, um, how do you, like, for example, you had a seven-week your first year, and you ended with a 1,000 accounts. The people that have a seven-week and their goal is a 1,000, dude, their, their goal is done. They're all over. It's, dude, stick a fork in it. They're done. How do you not ride the highs? How, how do you just stay in that nice, sweet Stoic. Spot? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the word we're looking for. I think I read this that book Winning by Tim Grover and I really liked it. and he talks about like your dark side where it's like Mark mm-hmm. Michael Jordan it's just like Carl uh, George Carl the former coach back then didn't say hi to MJ at dinner during the 96 playoffs I believe it was or um, that one reporter wrote them off as, you know, a 3-0 sweep when they're playing the Cavs, and that's when MJ makes that famous shot, sweep into the right, and then he jumps up and does the huge air fist. Or, like, Kobe has his Black Mamba. And, like, I read that, and I was just like, I kept thinking the Sarge was kind of a negative thing because I'm an intense person, but it's just like, no, the Sarge is because Ben and Easton really know who I am, and I need to challenge that, channel that, and be that. And so, long story short, it's just like, 
you need to find that person within you to ride those highs and lows because if you can't ride highs and lows, you're going to be average in life. And my biggest fear in life is being average. And so I want to ride myself, mm -hmm. the Sarge, Alexa, and our future family. So then that way, it's just a lasting legacy. And again, being pretty raw with you guys, I've been to a lot of funerals in my life. And I just remember from fall of 2014 to about winter of 2015, it was like September to April. I was like, it was like six funerals in a row. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, what are people going to say at my funeral? Who's going to come to my funeral? Who's going to drive all the way from out of state to come and pay tributes to my loved ones? So it's just like we have so much and we take so much for granted where it's just like if I go knock doors and sell bug juice for four months, I can go make 30000 or $100,000. Why wouldn't I capitalize on that? Or I have great friends like Easton, Ben, Jacob Shear, Jackson Gardner. Why wouldn't I help them to be them best selves? Why wouldn't I just leave a lasting legacy with everything I do? Because my name is on it, and I want to be great. That is so interesting. I actually like, right? So you ride the highs, right? You ride the lows. Where it's like sometimes we've been always told to avoid the highs, avoid the lows, but it's true. It's like yeah, if you let the lows like actually drive you then you can do great things. And if you let the highs drive you, you can do great things. And it's, yeah, it's definitely thinking out of the box a little bit. What Cody said, I think that is so, so, so important in finding whatever it is for Cody. It's the Sarge for Calvin. It's Nivlac. Yeah. For, for Ben, he calls it going dark. It's so interesting for all of the top guys who have sold at such a high level. You, there's a literal change you mm -hmm. can see within them. And you can see them channeling into that, into that, whether it's revenge or their lows or they're channeling into their, you know, quote unquote dark side. You could see a switch flip in Brock and, you know, oh, he's ready. Like yeah. he's, he's at like, and it's he, scary. It, you, over, it, you can see it in Seeger. He yeah. went and it's about halfway through his podcast. You literally, it was like he was knocking and it just a switch flipped and he started just going off. Yep. And so whatever that is, I, I mean, my advice, and I think it's way actionable for the audience. So I want to, I want to double down on it. Whatever that is, whatever side of you you need to go to to get there, that's what you got to get to. If you want to be as great as Cody and you want to be as great as all these other guys, find that other half, tap into it, and stay there because that's what that's what's going to get the job done. Yeah, I love it. That was way, 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 way insightful. Cody, there's a saying that gets that gets thrown around all around the grit, and and it's uh it originated with John to be sure. That's what we hear. Or that's uh, allegedly. <laughs> and that it's pressure is a privilege, which yeah. is true. But one thing that we that we don't talk enough about is that if handled or approached wrong, pressure can be debilitating. Right. And so you have so, there was so much pressure on you this last year and an overwhelming amount of pressure on you this last year. And so we want to hear from someone who's been able to not just handle it, but handle it in stride and still win three golden doors in a row. What do you have to say on the topic of handling pressure, viewing it as a privilege, and not letting it debilitate you? Absolutely. I think for is a privilege because life is for those that show up. And then not only for those that show up, it's those that dominate and win. Where, I mean, just referring back to that book again, where it's just like, you know, when you're asked, you know, what's a one-word description of winning for you? And if you have anything like everything, then you know you're going to be the greats like MJ or Kobe or Charles Barkley or, or whoever that might be. And so, one, I truly think it is a privilege because it's a chance to either show up and dominate or, you know, it's a chance maybe you go a little bit to the lows, but then what do you learn from it? So that way you can take it as a win-win. And then, two, like, honestly, 
I think any great person I've ever met has a good to-do list or planning system. And my father-in-law teases me all about it, about my schedule, my schedule, my schedule. But it's just like when you have things scheduled, it, again, it's kind of like when you have money, like it gives you freedom. It's just like, I mean, just today, it's only 11 o'clock, but we helped place a few orders for a manufacturing business. We helped do a training. I did my to-do list. I spent a little bit of time with my sweet wife where it's just like, if I'm all over the place or not, then I can feel that pressure and kind of be debilitated. But if you know where your schedule is, kind of like what your 8 to 5, your 10 to 7, or what your routine's going to be, then when variables or curveballs come in, you can handle it with stride. And then also three with that, it's just like, I think you should be a student your whole life. And the best way you learn is by experiencing those pressure moments with a learning opportunity where this third summer, what I learned is I can't just keep relying on role plays and my sheer hard work. I got to tap into a deeper level. I got to be like, you know what? Like Drew is, is crushing it with these high contracts and value or volume. I need to go train with him. You know what? Like I actually felt a little bit of pressure my, my, this summer myself. I need to read a little bit more and, and I need to do something that's going to trigger something in my brain to become stronger and mentally stronger. And then also three, I need to do something with endurance because it's literally a four month sprint, whether you ask Seeger or Preston Strickland or Cal, it's, it's a four month sprint. And I think this third summer, I let a lot of people down because I wasn't determined. I wasn't as mentally strong as I should have been. And then three, I needed some more endurance with it. Yeah, dude, that's it. It is interesting because in my time, right, the amount of people that have said that they're going to do a thousand or this giant goal, dude, it's I sometimes like if I know the person, I'm like, hey, maybe you know, let, let let's be realistic with it, but you don't you don't know exactly how to kind of pull back on their goal, but there are sometimes where I've seen right their their goals a thousand, and I've seen their goal of a thousand. Not only do they not hit a thousand, but do when they realize they're off pace for a thousand, do they shut down? Right. right? And, it's like, and they end with 300. Where it's, where it's they, if their goal was 800, they realistically could have gotten there, right? So, what would you say to the reps that have a lofty goal? And, you know, maybe it's too lofty, maybe it's per, whatever it is, and they realize they're not going to hit it. What adjustments would you say that they should make, both mentally and physically, when they realize that, okay, maybe that's a little out of reach, but rather than getting crippled and not even hitting half their potential that what, what, what can they do to, you know, do their best? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think it's, you know, something I always want to learn about my whole life, but it's, again, you guys know, I love Michael Jordan, but it was just like when he came back after baseball went on strike and he came back for the 95 season, he was in baseball shape. So his body was different and built different and he still wanted to win the championship but it was, they ultimately lost, I think it was the magic, you know, shout out Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. But it was, he literally, the next day where he usually took some time off, he immediately met with his trainer and got to work. So it's just like if your, if your goal is not going to happen, course correct a little bit, but still go to work. Like don't act defeated because you still have a great chance to go sell 800 accounts, which is phenomenal. Two, yeah. like going back to the plans and the schedules, if if you have goals without specific plans, it's merely a wish. That's why every year I probably meet with 20 kids and, you know, keep meeting with me. This isn't, you know, any disrespect to that, but I have at least 20 kids that meet with me and be like, I want to do a thousand accounts. But then when pavement hits the sand and it gets a little tough, unfortunately, they kind of crumble a little bit. Yeah. But if you have specific plans, you know how to react to them. So you're not surprised and it gives you that freedom. And then three, there's. There's nothing that can ever replace hard work. And like every time I talk about it, I get emotional, but it's just like you, you see 
your mentors, your parents, or whoever that might be. But it was just like when funds were tighter, we didn't have things to meet. My dad would go get another job. So there's just there's no option in me to quit. It's you figure out a way or my mission president calls it the no dead cat theory where it's just like, you can't just drop a dead cat and be like, get, I'm not going to get a thousand accounts. It's okay. Let's, let's course correct. And let's, let's make a plan to get 800 accounts. And so I think those three things are, are what really, really, really needs to be taken in. And then we'll have more and more people do a thousand accounts every single year. As a fall. And I think this is something that will tie together everything that you're talking about. You haven't talked about it a ton, but because I've, been around you for multiple summers and work with you so closely. I know, I know exactly the mentality that you have <laughs> in your approach, not just to off season, but into knocking through the summers people, because it is such a non-traditional job knocking doors, people have this really bizarre approach to it. And for those of you who don't know, Cody says this maybe more often than any of his other things is you clock in and you clock out. Absolutely. And he approaches this job in the off season when it could be viewed as way fluid and gray clock in clock out. And he approaches the summer as clock in clock out. And maybe at the beginning of that first year in Philly, maybe you were viewing it as like a, this isn't Goldman. This isn't this, this isn't that you weren't viewing it right. as clock in clock out. Talk to me about how important your approach and your view of I'm just punching into work. I'm punching the time card how important has that approach been and you being able to one handle pressure but two be so consistent yeah so i would say just having worked in corporate america and doing a ton of internships and we take this such for granted guys because this is one of the only few jobs honestly in the world where we get out of it directly what we put into it whereas when i worked at some of those jobs if i showed up half asleep i was still getting paid the same thing if I showed up and I was employee of the month, I was still getting paid the same thing. And so really when it was in July in Philly and we went down to Delaware and I started selling 10 a day, that's where it was just like, hey, this is clock in, clock out, and this is a game. And the more I sell on that day, the more money I make, which is the more I can invest, which is the more freedom I can have, which is the more Alexa and I can do. So I say that was the one for the consistency where it's just like treat it like a real job. Sometimes with this, and Easton and I had a good conversation about this, sometimes personal or religious or values kind of gets blurred with this. But this is, for whatever reason, door-to-door isn't viewed as this way, but it's door-to-door is a professional job. Yeah. Like you ask Mark Cuban, who owns the Mavericks, you ask Sarah Blakely, uh, I think her name's Likely or Blakely, the one that came invented Spanx. Like all of them did door to door and they treated it like a real job. And look at those guys. They're billionaires now and they're happy and they have freedom and they can spend time with their family. And then also too, handling privilege or pressure, it's I'm clocking into my job. So to not expect that would be silly of me where it's just like when you start to mature, like life just only gets harder and life only adds more pressures. And if you can dominate it in that, then that's the next confidence or courage to go in and dominate the next thing. And so, for, and it's so, it's like, he, he doesn't even mention it because it's not even a thought. Like he says, it's silly, which is most people just never can get to that conclusion that <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, they're gone. oh wait, this is my, how I make money, which actually makes this my job. How crazy is it to think that like, when you, when you decide not to knock or you decide to eat curb or you decide to do this, that or the other, oh, I'm just not going to show up to work today. I'm not right. going to get anyone to cover my shift. It's like, when, when is that an option in literally any other job? So why would it be an option in this job? And that's where all the greats make that decision way before they ever get to, you know, a thousand accounts or 1700 accounts. It's I'm clocking in regardless of the outcome I'm clocking in right. and then I clock out and then I'm going to do it all over again tomorrow. Can't go without overstating how important that is. Yep. 
finishing up with this question, uh, Cody, right? We want this question to be directed at the reps that they've had a meeting. They've had a meeting or two. They're thinking about an internship, right? They're thinking the corporate way, the corporate ladder, which we're not saying don't. The job isn't for everybody. Right. But the people that are on the fence about it, that were exactly in your shoes, law school, this, 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 and they're like not even willing to give this <clears throat> a shot because of what the perception of the job is. Mm-hmm. What's right? the advice? You've got two minutes to give them a piece of advice about how this changed your life or why they should do it. Two minutes, elevator pitch, floor yours. Absolutely. I think why everyone should do door-to-door, and especially when Alexa and I have kids, are when, as soon as they turn 16, guess what? They're going to go knock some deers, as we would say. <laughs> yes. Why, why sell? One, it's, it's communication, where a lot of the times here we are in Utah or Idaho, and so most of your population is pretty homogenous, white, male. LDS. Yeah. But if you can go out there to Pennsylvania or New Jersey or Omaha or Chicago and you can sell someone that is rich, white, poor, black, essentially a different background of you, you can communicate with anyone at the highest level. Whereas no matter whoever is on my team, I bet you I can find something that we can relate on. And I think that's because of my experience with door to door. And ultimately that's that's more fun because with you know the freedom you get from money it's also the relationships you build where it's just like you know Easton and I have only don't only done door to door together for 3 years but Easton was the one that married my wife and I civilly shout out Reverend Bunker I love that and then two is your network I got that job at Goldman and back in the day it was harder to get into Goldman than it was to get into Harvard the way I got that is my best buddy's cousin was a VP there it's just like network is everything. Network is everything, everything, everything. Future jobs, future relations, future investments, you know, help you with family, fun trips, fun whatever. Networking is everything. And then also three, if you go do those internships, especially like my my finance guys, my dental guys, my engineering guys, you're just going to do a standard eight to five, probably process some paper, get some coffee and do that stuff where it's not as high level. Whereas if you go out and knock for, I would honestly recommend every undergrad, their freshman summer and their sophomore summer to do door to door. So that way your junior summer, that's the most important internship you get. You can be the top intern there. Otherwise, you're just going to be another suit and tie and just be a wallflower. Whereas if you've done two summers of door to door and you can be so dynamic, guess what? They're going to like you more. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to get that offer after you graduate. And guess what? You also have that some money in the bank. So that way, if you and your new wife or you as a single individual, you can do some fun things outside of that new job you got. And so, you know, wrapping it up in three, it's it's the communication, it's your network, and then it's that financial freedom. If that's not a pitch to do door-to-door for anybody, oh, I don't know what is. No, no, that was great. <laughs> this is coming straight from the mouth of someone who's been there. He's done it. He's done it at the highest level you possibly can do it, and he's poised to do it again this year. Cody, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate you. We love you. For those of you who are tuning in, take notes. This is one that you listen, and then you re-listen, and you re-listen. There's so much actionable stuff in here. Uh, for those of you tuning into the landing pad again, thanks, Cody. We love you, Cody. For Garth, the branch manager, the COO, for the landing pad, we out.